Good morning. My name, thank you. My name is Michelle Hurlbert, and I'm a member of the Fort Mill Community Group. This morning's reading is from Philippians 4, 2 through 9. Now, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Be anxious about nothing, but in prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Be anxious about nothing. I don't know if that always works for me. I don't know if it's working right now. Uh, my name is Derek Crawford. I've been an elder here for the past seven years. Most importantly, I'm a sinner, saved by grace. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's to my day to my dad. Uh, hopefully he's watching in West Virginia. He might not be watching right now, but I'm sure he will watch it sometime today. Tomorrow is Juneteenth, so happy uh, early Juneteenth. To quote Fannie Lou Hamer, nobody's free until we all are free. Amen. It's an honor that I get to bring you a word from, the, from our Savior today. It's been about a year since I've been up here to preach and I realized that we have so many new people. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. If you've already heard it, you're going to have to hear it again. My wife, Daria, and I grew up in West Virginia. We were born and raised there in the Panhandle. It's about an hour outside of D.C. I met my wife while I was working at the local Foot Locker. Yeah. Me and Zay got that in common. We both worked at Foot Locker. Then worked together at the same Foot Locker, but we both worked at Foot Locker. I am so blessed that she walked into my life that beautiful day in 1995. 95 all the way live, baby. 95 all the way live. I thank God for you every single day. I majored in sports management at a small college in West Virginia called Shepherd University, and I started wor working for the Washington Commanders right out of college. Are Washington Commander fans? Okay. Okay. This used to be Washington Commander or Redskin or whatever you want to call their name, the football team. This used to be their territory, y'all. 
Uh, anyway, I worked there from 1999 to 2010 uh, when I was let go. More about that in a bit. Dari and I got married in 2003. On Wednesday, we celebrate 20 years of marriage. That is a celebration. We have two uh, great children. Dwayne, who is 24 years old, he just graduated from Liberty, and he's still there doing graduate classes. We have Deja, who is a rising senior at Concord Academy. She loves sports. She loves working out. Uh, she's an excellent volleyball player, and she loves people. Now, I know what you're all thinking. We look way too young to have a 24-year-old and a 17-year-old. You're right. <laughs> My wife, Dari, is the director of operations for a fantastic company called Work Meaningful. I am blessed with an amazing wife who is smart, intelligent, full of wisdom, and has a great heart. And we are blessed to have two great kids. We moved to Charlotte in 2011. We came down here to run Coach, Go Coach Joe Gibbs' ministry called Game Plan for Life. And we have attended this church since 2011. That's when we were at the Neighborhood Theater, y'all. About six years ago, I accepted a position to become the executive director here at Christ Central Church. I enjoy sports, working out with my family and friends. My creatine brother's out there somewhere, right there. There he is. Uh, I love woodworking, and I'm currently in the process of restoring a 1965 Impala. I also struggle with anxiety and I was diagnosed with Crohn's about four or five years ago. My anxiety can be triggered at any time. I can spiral and go down a road of crazy and bad thoughts. The hamster, y'all know what the hamster on the wheel is? The hamster can get on the wheel in my brain at any time, day or night. That means my mind starts racing. And I'll be up. I'll be up. I'll be up early. God, I need to just start praying when I'm up that early. Maybe, maybe it's God getting me up praying. That's, that wasn't in my notes. Sorry, y'all. That just came to me. Anyway, I'll be in my own thoughts. I'll be hyper-focused and have a whole conversation going on in my head. And then only half of that conversation comes out to those that are around me. Then I'm like, yo, didn't you just hear what I said? And they're like, no, we didn't. I feel most of my anxiety in my stomach. I think IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and anxiety go together. Actually, I think they're married. What is really crazy, or even more crazy than me having conversations in my head, is what I think is really wild is with Crohn's, I'm anxious that any day it could go back to like it was four years ago, which was really, really bad. But guess what, church? Fear, anxiety, and even sickness are not my future. And it's not yours either. Pray with me, church. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need to get out the way just so you can work, Lord. I pray for uh, my anxiety even as I'm up here right now, Lord. But we pray that your words will flow through me out onto your people. We love your people. We love this church. It's in Christ's name we pray. All God's people said, yeah, that's not the end of the sermon, so we're going to keep going. Okay, I'm going to need you all to help me get through the sermon, so I don't like it real quiet. Y'all been, been really good so far, so I always ask people to participate when I'm preaching. So y'all ready to practice? Okay, look at your neighbor and say, fear and anxiety is not our future. That's pretty good. 
Today we're in Philippians 4 where we have the famous verse, be anxious about nothing but in prayer and supplication make your request known to God. Now I know I'm paraphrasing, there's different versions out there. Do you guys know how many times I've said this verse to myself? I read it over and over again. I've repeated it over and over again. I have it. I should have it tattooed somewhere. I don't have it tattooed somewhere yet, but I should. But my anxiety is still here. And y'all got me up here preaching today. Look at your neighbor and say, what are y'all thinking? What was I thinking? Shoot. So check this out. Paul wrote this letter of Philippians to the church in Philippi as a word of encouragement. The church had special significance to Paul because it was the first church he planted in Europe. In most of Paul's letters, he was writing about the church and what was, what was doing wrong and where they were struggling. Not this letter. This letter was to say thank you for the gift that he received from them and to encourage the church. And guess what? Every time Paul was writing these letters, where was he at? In prison. And at any time he could be executed. You want to talk about anxiety. I know every time one of you has taken the time to send me a handwritten letter, handwritten letter, yep, we still do that, a card to encourage me, or a text or a thoughtful email, those have meant the world to me. Just a few weeks ago, I received a card in the mail from one of our women shepherds. It said that they were praying for me and my family. What an encouragement. Thank you for that letter. Thank you for that card. And I want to thank Paul for this letter from God to the church in Philippi and for us today. And there are two things I hope we get to see from this passage today. Remembering God's goodness and looking forward to God's goodness. I want to encourage us to remember God's goodness and to look forward to God's goodness. A few weeks ago, I met up with a great couple in our congregation. We want to get to know each other. And during that meeting, we asked, they asked me how our family got to Charlotte. We all have a story of how we got here. I don't meet too many Charlotteans. For us, and maybe a few of you, the Lord closed the door and wanted us to walk through another one. I lost my job. And it was during the recession of 2010. I was without work for almost a year. And as I was telling this story to that couple, I was reminded of our testimony of how God provided. I forgot about that testimony. We were, the, we were without a full-time benefited job for almost a year. We were on unemployment and food stamps. People of God, have any, have any of y'all ever been on food stamps? Do you know how humbling that is? Check out this math. Unemployment gave us $1,200. We paid $600 to COBRA for health insurance. Y'all following, right? That leaves us with $600, right? Our house payment was $1,200. We still had to buy gas, sewer, electric, garbage, water bill. They all kept coming. Make it make sense, y'all. In our mind, things don't make sense. But for God, he can make it add up. So at that exact time, as I was remembering why and how we got to Charlotte, and I was remembering our testimony of how God got us through that Loss of a career? That's what I majored in, y'all. Dari and I was going through something else. This was just a few weeks ago. We were going through something else. That was, it wasn't similar, but it was a new test. And at that time, it felt like a mountain, right? 
And I think God had me have that conversation with that couple just so I could be reminded of the testimony of his goodness to us. Sometimes we need encouragement from someone's testimony. Like Lane Yates shared last week, what a fantastic testimony. And sometimes we need to be reminded of how great, how our great God quieted the storm or even got us through the storm. For 12 months, we went through that test which is now part of our testimony, and God provided our every need. And he did it again just a few weeks ago. That's why I love that song, Same God. Same God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Same God who parted the Red Sea. The same God who performed miracles after miracle. That's the same God who's still performing miracles today. Look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? That's good, y'all. Now, let me be clear. God just doesn't provide our daily bread when we're in need. He provides our daily bread every day. You got a job? God provided that. And we need to continue to be reminded and worship our great creator for being a great provider. As we dive into today's passage, I I want you to think about how God's word relates to our mental health and fear and anxiety. All right? Look at verse 2. Now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice that everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember... The Lord is coming. One cause of anxiety for many of us is being in some sort of conflict or at odds with another person. And let's be honest, it's usually a misunderstanding or miscommunication. We can especially feel angst when they are fellow believers. Take that even a step further. What if they're a member in this church? Sometimes you don't feel like coming to church if you know you're going to see that person. Have any of y'all experienced this? I know I have. There are probably a few conversations I might need to have with some of y'all right now. It might be because I had half the conversation in my brain and y'all didn't hear the other half that was about the good stuff I was saying. Y'all didn't. Okay. Sorry. What is Paul telling us? Work it out. Settle your disagreement. Look Look what you ladies have helped build for the kingdom. I know you love the Lord and love his church. Let's work it out so we can show those who are looking at us from the outside and who aren't believers that we are one in Christ. This will draw them in the church and ultimately to Christ. Before joy, it says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. As we have joy and think about the Lord and all his goodness, we see that there's nothing that can't be reconciled by our mighty, mighty king. So I encourage you, as this passage is encouraging us, let's reconcile any indifferences we have in this church. Let's be an example to the world that we are one in Christ. Amen? Life is too short, brothers and sisters, to carry angst we might have with a family member, a friend, someone in our church family. Let's not waste the blood that was shed by our Savior. Reconcile. The cross is big enough. 
His blood is enough. Okay, so I know y'all probably thinking about that person you might need to reconcile with in your life. Okay, write it down. Y'all write it? Got it locked in? Okay, come on back. Now let's dive into the heart of this passage about being anxious. And I would like to show you what the Lord has revealed to me to share with y'all. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Can I be real a second? Let my guard down and tell you how I feel a second. Is Hamilton still a thing or is that too old? Still a thing? Okay. My struggle with anxiety and mental health is something that many of us are dealing with. I've heard all y'all's conversations. Let's be really honest. The church is way behind on speaking about this issue. About four years ago, Pastor Tom Henry preached a whole sermon here on mental health. That was the first time I ever felt free to share about my struggle with anxiety. That sermon gave me the freedom to get help. In the age of health, wealth, and prosperity, in the church we all probably grew up in, we were made to feel, this, feel shame if we struggled with anxiety. Some people wouldn't even call it anxiety. They would call it bad nerves. Then bad nerves, that was anxiety, my guy. <laughs> you just need to pray more. You need to have more faith. I remember Pastor Tom using the, il the illustration about a broken leg. What happens when we have a broken leg? What do we do? Go to the doctor. We go to the orthopedist, the specialist, right? And we get that bone set so it allowed to heal properly. When I was in the ninth grade, I broke my arm and it came out the skin. I had to have surgery. Look at your neighbor and say, ooh. <laughs> please note. See, I'm going to have to do a lot of please notes today, I think. When we are sick or we break a bone and we need healing, should we pray? Yes. Should we call the leadership of the church to lay hands on us? Yes. Should we have faith and know that God is going to heal us? Yes. And we also can and need to go see great specialists that the God has put in front of us. He's gifted a lot of great doctors and therapists and psychiatrists to help us in our area of need. Church, I resisted going to therapy for years. Ask my wife. I could have had help years ago. I could have had help with anxiety, imposter syndrome, feeling less than. The result of not dealing with anxiety and the imposter syndrome and feeling less than will come out in anger feeling down, and ultimately feeling a ton of shame. It was a whole cycle. Anxiety unchecked would lead to anger, then shame and guilt. Do you know how many people I've sinned against and hurt by not dealing with my anxiety? It's crazy, right? Forgive me, people of God. Forgive me, my Lord. Hear me. Anxiety is not a sin. The sin is how I dealt with the anxiety. Or in this case, how I didn't deal with it. Hear me. Anxiety is not a sin. It's how I dealt with it. And how it came out. That was the sin. Look at verse 2 again. We're going to read these verses a lot. 
Now I appeal to you, and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Y'all know what a cheat code is? Let's see who knows up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. Hmm. Y'all know what that is? Konami code, right. That's the, well, I played a lot of Contra. So that was a video game called Contra, and you put, used the, the little joystick, and you put that code in. That cheat code would give you 30 lives. Today, many of our young people go to YouTube, and they watch gamers, and they see how the gamers do what they're good at. They have these YouTube, I mean, they got millions of followers on there, and they get paid for people to go watch them play a video game. Crazy. That's, now, that's crazy. It's good money if you do it. But they use it for uh, games like Call of Duty, Fortnite, Minecraft, uh, Minecraft, and uh, Grand Theft Auto. Cheat codes. Is it okay if I give y'all two cheat codes right now? The first one ain't going to seem like a cheat code. But it's going to take a lot of pressure off those that are up here on the praise team, our liturgists, and those who preach up here on Sunday mornings. Look at your neighbor and say, where is he going? Mm, Y'all didn't say that. Many of us come to church every Sunday waiting for that abracadabra moment. Y'all waiting for us to wave that wand and those problems will go away. You're expecting it for yourself, for ourselves, our kids, our friends, our significant other. Maybe if he or she hears that sermon today, they will get it. Maybe if they hear that great song, they won't do this or that anymore. I'm sorry, but I don't believe that's what Sunday morning's for. Sunday morning worship is for. Sunday morning gathering of the, of the saints is for worship of Yahweh, my God. It's for lifting our eyes towards the author and perfecter of our faith. It's for praising Christ and the work that he did on the cross. It's for being thankful that Yeshua called a dead man like you and me out of the tomb. So we can live for him. Amen? Here's the cheat code, though. If you are a believer and you want to see change in your life, it comes from digging in and getting your hands dirty those other six days of the week when you aren't at church. It comes from daily being in God's word. It comes from being in a community of other fellow believers. It comes from coming to Sunday school. It comes from allowing other believers 
and the leadership of the church to hold you accountable. There are two couples that are part of uh, our home group. When Dari and I, we, Dari and I have told them that if we see them doing something that they shouldn't be doing or could do better, we're going to let them know about it. And guess what? We also told them that they see us doing anything. Me, specifically. Now, if they, if, we, if they see us doing anything, they better call us out the same way. They don't see me treating my wife like a queen. They better come get a hold of me. Iron sharpens iron. Plus, I'd rather them deal with me than the Lord deal with me. Amen? Those of us who have kids, do you hold your kids accountable? Why? Because you love them. So why, should, why wouldn't I hold my brothers and sisters accountable? Why wouldn't I hold my brothers and sisters in Christ accountable? Why wouldn't I want them to hold me accountable and do it all in love? This is what being in community is about. It's what discipleship looks like. So you got that cheat code, right? It's kind of more of a game plan. You got to dig in and get your hands dirty every week. Now let me give you the cheat code for anxiety and try to pull this all together. Look at the passage one more time. Now I appeal to you, Uodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. For they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate and all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Did you see the cheat code? The cheat code isn't taking verse 6 and just repeating it, and repeating it, repeating like repeating it. I've been doing it for so long. The cheat code is taking the whole passage and looking at it in its entire context. Let's break down what we see. We know this passage is from Paul, and it's an encouraging letter. Excuse me. We know that we need to help others mend relationships in the church, verse 3. Or verse 2, we know that, let me back up. We know this passage is from Paul, and it's an encouraging letter. We know that relationships need to be mended because they cause angst with each other and within the church, verse 2. We know that we need help. We need to help others mend relationships in the church, verse 3. We see that we need to have joy in the Lord, verse 4. Remember the Lord is coming, verse 5. Don't worry. Pray and be thankful, verse 6. God's peace will cover us. 
It will cover our hearts and minds. Verse 7. Fix your eyes on Him. Verse 8. Continue to put all into practice and model what Paul is doing. Verse 9. If I want to continue to have relief from anxiety, then I need to fix my thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Okay, I'm going to walk away from my notes for a second. I'm going to try to tell you all a story. Walking away from my notes is my safety net. How many of y'all have braces? Yep, 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 a lot of braces. How many of y'all paid for braces? Braces are painful in two ways. They're expensive and they're actually painful. How long do you have to have braces on usually? About two years? I guess it depends on how bad your teeth are. Mine were pretty bad and it was two years. But it's painful and it's work and it takes a while, right? Then what do they do when you're done with your braces? They give you a retainer. What's that retainer do? Helps you keep your teeth from shifting, right? What happens when you stop wearing it? They shift. They start to go back to the way they were, right? In my battle with anxiety, by God's grace, I've done some hard work to get to where I am today. And if I want to stay where I am, which is somewhat healthy, I have to continue to go to therapy. I have to continue to pray. I have to allow other brothers and sisters in Christ to hold me accountable. I have to continue to dig in the scriptures and see God's goodness. I have to remember the testimonies of how he's got me through so many storms. I have to be disciplined to put on that retainer each and every day so that I won't shift back to a state of anxiety and fear having me instead of me having control of my fear and anxiety. I look at this passage and I see, this, see the cheat code. I, fix, I look towards and fix my eyes on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and worthy. Church family, do you know what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and worthy? Look at your neighbor and say, our great Savior. Our great and mighty Savior, the Christ. The name above all other names, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the one who spoke this world into existence. The one who knows every hair that's on your head. We win because he won. We get to live forever because Christ defeated death. We are healed because of what King Yeshua did on the cross. We are alive in him today because our Savior called us out of that grave. Church, we were dead because of our sin. But he brought us back to life because he bought us with his life. Those were bars, y'all. Did y'all hear those bars? Let me say it again. But he bought us back, brought us back to life because he bought us with his life. That's the reason we should come in here every Sunday and praise and worship our king. We don't have to feel the, the, the guilt, the shame from dealing with anxiety in this life because we know that our God, Yahweh, is real and he loves us so much and he cares about us. He wants to have an intimate not just a personal, an intimate relationship with his people. So fear and anxiety, 
You are not our future. God, you are. You are our hope, our healer, our creator, and the lover of our souls. Praise God, church. Let me close with this. Not too long ago, y'all know who Pastor Tony Evans is? Yeah, great author, great preacher, great pastor. Well, his wife uh, lost a battle with uh, cancer. And her son, Jonathan Evans, got up during uh, their, um, her homegoing celebration, and he said this. We knew mom was either going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Crohn's disease and anxiety may be the thorn in my side the rest of my life. It affects all my family, not just me. I can easily hide its effects from y'all. But to my family, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily battle. It's expensive to eat the way that I have to eat. We have to cook every meal ourselves. It's tiring, exhausting, and draining. Just last week, I got test results back that weren't good. And that's discouraging. And my doctor's been off all week, so I haven't even got to talk to her about it yet. You want to talk about more anxiety. Then they forgot to refill my medicine. I was supposed to take medicine on Thursday. It's Sunday. Still don't have my medicine. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure of this. As I fix my eyes on what is pure and honorable and right, the peace of God will come from my heart and my mind. I know I'm either going to be healed or I'm going to be healed. I may have this struggle on this side of heaven the rest of my life. But when I read the pages of this great book, again, he won, so we win. Kings and queens, I long to be with the Lord. I long to be in my perfect body, my perfect mind, in the perfect community. So I tell you again, I know I will either be healed or I'll be healed. Remember these words. Your cross, my freedom. Your stripes, my healing. All praise King Jesus. Your blood, still speaking. Your love, still reaching. All praise, King Jesus. Glory to God forever. Let's pray. Great mighty God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the cheat codes that we can find in your word every day. We thank you for how you can deal with fear and anxiety, Lord. We know that you have empathy. We pray for anyone that is dealing with fear and anxiety today, Lord. We pray that that will go away. We pray and know that you can heal it right now. We also know that you are a great and mighty king. And if we have to live with it on this side of heaven, we look forward to the other side of heaven when you come back where you're making all things right and all things new. We thank you and we praise you. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.